0: Hey everybody, this is your host Aram Mukmouf and you're listening to another episode of Product Innovation Series. Every week, the guests that we have on our show share their stories and wisdom on how to ship a great product. But this episode that we uh, have today is a bit more different as we have uh, a leader in speech recognition and deep learning with us today. Uh, He's going to talk about how they work, how they evolve how they'll evolve into the future and a little bit about the product itself. So uh, really happy to um, welcome um, Miguel, who's uh, the head of AI uh, and R&D at Rev.com. Uh, Rev is a very well, very well known in the world as um, a black belt in audio, video transcription and, and captioning. Uh, Miguel is also the co-founder of Temi.com that does speech recognition and machine learning. And over the last 15 years, his focus has been mostly in speech recognition systems. So he's kind of an expert in the space. So uh, without further ado, Miguel, it's a pleasure to have you and welcome to the show.
1: No Thanks, pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome, awesome. So I'll just kick it off. First question I have, um, you've been working on speech recognition since 2006, if I'm not mistaken, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, you know, over this time, you've probably seen the evolution of the technology, of uh, you know, the industry uh, change over this time. What, what do you think the majority of people commonly misunderstand about speech recognition?
1: Mm, yeah, good question. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been in the industry for uh, since two thousand six. Um, I, um, I think the biggest thing that people uh, miss uh, the the biggest misconception misconception is that it feels very easy, like it, it feels very easy, especially things like speaker diarization, like where, um, you know, in speech recognition, you have to uh, transcribe the words, but sometimes you also have to know when different speakers are speaking in the audio. And a, a lot of these these things that we do as humans, they feel easy, and it, it's hard to understand why the machine like makes mistakes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so um i find i find it fascinating to to look at it from the other side because um th- there are things that we do so so well our brain is amazing um and they're actually quite difficult to do with a machine uh so uh yeah it's kind of a generic answer but i i think in general like those ai things uh they're they're much harder to do well than than you would think
0: And so not to get like too technical on my next question, but like obviously there's some sort of AI or algorithms that power the speech recognition. Is there kind of any secret about it? Or like how is the tech at rev.com different maybe from other things that you've come across? Um, What makes it, how does the AI components stand out to create better speech recognition?
1: Yeah, um yeah. I think there are three, there, there, there's basically two elements I would say, uh, for every AI, um, system. One is the tech, the, the, the engine or the, you know, the code that runs everything and the type of models you're training, all that stuff. Right. And there are secrets there. There are like better algorithms. There are better, um, you know, there are better engines that are faster and so on. And I think at Rev we have you know, really good tech. Uh, but the bigger thing uh, by far in in all of AI is always data. Um, and it, basically that's the secret sauce. That's, you know, like if you have the right data, um, you know, your models are going to be that much better. And for us at Rev, uh, the right we have the right data because we've been, you know, a, a transcription company for 11 years, right? So we've over the time accumulated a lot of, examples of audios and their transcripts and how people speak and so on. Um, And so it was pretty natural for for Rev to to start looking into speech recognition as a problem. Well, especially given that, you know, speech recognition is getting better and better and, you know, may may kind of like um, change the market of transcription in general. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I'd say the secrets is mostly in the data. Uh, and that's maybe something that's misunderstood too fra- from the outside. You, you kind of think of AI as like these really cool fancy algorithms. And, um, but in reality, probably 80% of the work is, is in understanding your data, mani- managing your data, preparing it for your models and so on. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's less, uh, cool or sexy maybe, but it, <laughs> it that's, that's a big part of the answer
0: yeah okay so um being the head of ai r&d what does that job really entail like are you looking at a bunch of data a lot trying to you know improve it like what's like your day-to-day kind of look like
1: (laughs) yeah so i mean i started at rev uh, um, my job was to look at the data we've accumulated over the years and and see you know, see see what we can do with the data and see how we can improve this, the, the systems that we have in place, you know, the products we have in place already. Uh, so I would say my job is to kind of like repeat that process, uh, you know, and so we've done it for speech recognition and we want to keep improving it. So I, I lead, um, I'm the director of the speech uh, R&D team at Rev and my job is to improve speech recognition there um but on top of it is is you know for me to keep looking at the data that we have at rev and looking at other opportunities uh one for fun one other opportunity is uh we do a lot of subtitling um which is probably really good data for translation because you have you know subtitles in english that are then translated by you know humans into spanish or italian and so on Uh, and so you know. What can we do with that data? Can we improve our product there? Can we make people more productive? Can we improve the quality? So, yeah, that. Okay. So, maybe a, a lot of meetings also, you know, to meet with the different people that uh, okay. that you know that have all that, that that deal with that data on a daily basis. So, meetings with product, meeting with business leaders to to make sure we're going in the right direction.
0: Okay. And so, just out of curiosity, I mean, I don't know, I mean, it's a very interesting space for sure, don't get me wrong, but um, what excited you, so what excited you to be in this space for 15 years? Like, why, why, what's, why the passion?
1: Uh, um, good question. I mean, I, I, I studied mathematics uh, at the university, and uh, my master's was in evolutionary theory, um, so quite unrelated to speech recognition but I think what was interesting to me there was uh, this like statist- statistics and probabilities you know and and try in in evolutionary theory at least what what I was studying yeah you you'd always you're always interested in studying um, sequence of of events you know like uh, and so trying to either understand what happened in the past or trying to predict what will happen in the future and in speech recognition you you have that same sort of problem you know and um, I think going back to a comment I made earlier um, I find it fascinating because it seems like such an easy thing that we do you know like as a kid we learn to speak and um you know almost everybody can you know do speech recognition like some some people mm-hmm. unfortunately can't but uh uh yeah I, I just found it a fascinating field and uh i, I guess I, I just never really looked back you know I, I joined nuance in 2006 with a good friend of mine uh, jp there and um yeah the problem has always fascinated me so i i, I kind of kept going funny fact actually like now jp works with me at rev so we, we've gone okay. full circle there awesome. so yeah
0: amazing awesome um i always love speaking to people who are passionate about it and for them or for me when i look at it it's like you lose track of time in terms mm-hmm. of like when you love something it's it's just like something you don't even think about how much time you spend on something. It's just, you love it. And, uh, you know, time flies by. Yeah. I think, um,
1: uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I think that, that that's, that's very true, you know, and, and, the, the exciting, the exciting part is that the field has grown so much in the last 15, 16 years, you know, that it kind of kept, kept it exciting. You know, I think if I was in a field where, things hadn't moved for 15 years, it would be a different story, but that, like just things got so exciting in speech and AI in general.
0: So, so talking about, it's a great segue, I had a, and I had a question I wanted to ask you about this. I mean, there's so much, there's been so much change or whatever evolution in speech recognition over the last years that you've uh, um, been involved with. Um I've come across, you know, different types of documents saying about what the future of speech is gonna look like in the tech industry. Specifically, lots of people talk about something called voice UI, where you know everything's voice-driven from car commands to whatever, Alexa and all these kind of things. And like maybe the future might look like that. We just talk to everything. <laughs> I actually know somebody who literally doesn't use the app on his phone if he can't talk to it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So, yeah. So my question is like, where do you think we're going to go in the next five, 10 years, like in this industry? Like what's next?
1: A great question. I I actually spent a good part of this week writing an article about where I think we're going to be in in 10 years. I hope to publish um, soon uh it i think um the 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 trend will continue you know i i do think that we're we're gonna be able to interact with with stuff more with our voice um to be honest like that's not what excites me the most, um, like, I, I actually, I don't know if this is terrible to say, but I, I don't own a voice, you know, like speaker at home or anything like that. <laughs> um, but what I like about speech is that it makes things more accessible, you know, so, for example, the interview we're doing now, you know, will be transcribed, you know, and, and in some cases, sometimes it's done in a live fashion using speech recognition. Um, I find that amazing, and I think that that will continue to grow and and explode over time, you know, making a lot of videos and a lot of content that was not findable online or searchable, Mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden searchable. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think in that sense, I find that very exciting, and I think that's going to keep growing for sure. We see a lot of customers at Rev uh, doing the same thing you know, following the same trend, um, but the, the other thing I, I would say that I think is going to happen is uh, because because we're going to use speech more and more, you know, the, the whole idea of bias will become much more important, you know, making all these systems more, uh, you know, fairer and more accessible for people. Um, I have a French accent that's maybe not so bad, but, you know, like for some people, speech rec works better than for others, for sure. And there's a lot of, of effort made by a lot of commercial, you know, ASR companies uh, in that direction, including Rev. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is that, that, that I think will happen is um, these systems, as, as they become used by more and more people, will become more multilingual uh and i i think that's a really exciting uh direction you know a lot of people mix languages um i don't know if you're you're the same but i i mix french and english all the time at home um and i feel like if we're going in this voice driven ui world more it just makes sense for things to be more multilingual so uh,
0: do you mean that um speech and voice recognition should be able to like pick up all the different have like multilingual capabilities and be able to dynamically understand
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah oh, really okay yeah
1: yeah like um i think uh, people refer to it as code switching but uh yeah if you watch netflix you know there are a bunch of shows like uh, i remember watching a show where the person the people speak english and you know indian or english and uh, uh spanish you know like
0: in the same sentence yeah yeah it's true i noticed that in some of the transcriptions and like movies and shows they just like don't even pick up that part in in Mm -hmm. the subtitles or in the transcription because they just like skip it (laughs) and just move on until they start speaking english again that's really true
1: yeah Um, yeah
0: what what would you say is um with the technology that we have right now what's like the biggest challenge or roadblock that's holding us back To get to what you're talking about?
1: Mm, um, I think um, maybe it goes back to the data um, that we were talking about earlier. Um, It's always kind of a chicken and egg situation in, in AI. You know, if you're trying to build a product that doesn't exist, but the ideal the the ideal situation is you start with the data, but if the product doesn't exist, then you know where do you get the data? So uh, uh, there's there's definitely a lot of research done right now in in better algorithms that can generalize better to different accents or different languages. You know, uh, you've maybe you can do some some Google searches, but um about it after but there you know research group at facebook that look into that stuff and we're certainly looking at it at rev too um so the algorithms can get better at generalizing for sure but uh, the data the data is is definitely tricky to to obtain um i think uh, that's probably always the the biggest hurdle
0: mm that's no, interesting um you, you, I have this in the back of my head, but you said before that um, uh, there's a lot of video content that isn't transcribed, but there's a ton of content there that I think mm-hmm. could be rendered uh, finally one day to being searchable and indexable. Mm-hmm. That's like a mountain of data, I think, that could get this type of like data that you might need in the future. But... Um, no, I just I'm I'm interested by like when that could happen because I think there's so much great uh, knowledge shared in videos which are just like not uh, not available in search these days still.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you, you know we talk to customers all the time about and and some that are massive. You know, like um, if you can imagine companies like BBC or you know like the companies that have a ton of archive videos. Uh, that would be really interesting to be able to, to search and and index and you know, uh, there's a lot of knowledge there that's that's lost for sure or that's hard to find. Um, yeah, there. I think maybe maybe it's happening more now because ASR is getting one. Uh, quite better than it used to. And mm-hmm. and therefore, indexing these videos is getting more affordable, you know, so maybe 10, 15 years ago, it would have been really costly. But mm. now ASR is getting better and a bit cheaper than it used to. And, you know, so it therefore becomes a bit more accessible for, for these tasks.
0: Okay, no, it's very cool. I mean, one day, hopefully, we'll get there. Imagine yeah. all the videos in the world indexed. Yeah. The gold gold mine of knowledge, yeah. Um, Previously, when we had a chance to connect, you mentioned that some of the larger tech giants like Amazon, Apple, and others are starting to really use deep learning uh, for their speech recognition. Just to kind of, in layman's terms, can you explain to our listeners what deep learning is or how it's being applied in, in, in those companies?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. it's super simple. Well, so first, I guess, first thing that that's important to to know is that there's in in math, there's a thing called the universal approximation theorem. Uh, So that was, you know, really fleshed fleshed out more in the 90s. Uh, This is the idea that uh, a neural network, uh, you can look it up after what the neural network is exactly, but. A neural network is known as this, the best universal approximation um, tool that there is in math. So that means that it can basically approximate any function. Um, and so, speech recognition is a function. You know, you take an audio and you get words out. Um, and so, therefore, you know, basically, a neural network can approximate speech recognition in theory perfectly. Um, and deep deep learning is just this branch of of uh, study that evolved out of this idea that neural nets are amazing. Uh, and it's called deep because a neural net can have different layers, you know. And, and so if you imagine a neural net is a bunch of, they call them neurons, but a bunch of little um, functions um, that are connected all together. And so the more layers you add, the deeper the neural net is. Um, and so deep learning, you know, took, took its name from, from that concept. Um, and so uh, it just kind of took off in the last few years, I think, because, well, deep neural networks require a lot of data. And so the big companies like, uh, you know, Amazon and Google, Apple and stuff, they, they add a lot of data. Um, but also requires a lot of compute power. Um, so that that also means money, you know? So if you have mm-hmm. a lot of money, you can kind of explore the field more. Um, but now it became a bit more accessible because of tools like AWS and, you know, that have a lot of compute power that's more affordable. And so, yeah, deep learning is being applied to everything. You know, speech recognition is is even lagging behind a little bit in terms of of deep learning, uh, you know, of the impact of deep learning. You, you can see it in things like uh, the G, G, GTP. I always mix that up. GTP3? Yeah, GTP3 uh, or, you know, self-driving cars and stuff like that. They all use the same deep learning things. So, uh, computer vision and text processing, NLP it's called, um, use deep learning a lot. Right?
0: Hmm. What about in voice? Like, where yeah. is that being used?
1: Yeah, so in voice, uh, so it's being used a lot more now, and I I would think in the last two years we're starting to see a lot of commercial ASRs being released with deep learning. I think, I think Google was using deep learning before everybody, probably before everybody else. But now I know, um, you know, Alexa has has released a deep learning model recently. We're in the middle of releasing our V we call it V2 model, but it's, it's based on deep learning. Um, and it's really incredible because, um, the, 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 the accuracy that you can achieve with these models is incredible for our recent model, we are seeing, uh, 25% relative improvement. So, oh. you know, a f- quarter fewer errors, right?
0: Well, oh, it's huge.
1: Yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, Rev is a great example, but where do you see From a consumer market perspective, that really getting applied potentially.
1: Well, like um, you know, in general, all the like everything that uses voice will improve, right? So, Mm -hmm. like I said, Alexa and so on, using deep learning. So, um, where where else? I I mean, everywhere you can use your voice, right? Like uh, there there's so many places now. Uh, but they're all gonna. I mean, if they haven't, they're all gonna move. I think to a to a sort of deep learning. Uh, well, they and, and in fact, I, I don't know. Deep learning is funny too because I we, we always kind of used, you know, neural nets in the past before. It, it's just, I think, the word deep learning uh, means a lot of different things for different people. So uh, deep learning has been used. Uh,
0: extensively
1: uh, yeah extensively already in 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 many applications
0: okay okay Uh, interesting yeah Um,
1: like you know even the search like uh searching on on google you know or image search Uh, i don't know if you've ever used the reverse image search on google Uh, uses computer vision and deep learning to to work yeah
0: Yeah, i want want to see if i could put like a voice and see if it was ever said by anybody else or something that (laughs) yeah speaking Um, of
1: indexing all videos and stuff you know yeah Yeah. you could do stuff like that you yeah you could think of really weird like strange applications that you could do or you know search for someone's voice also you know like if you want to search and find all the videos that where obama spoke you know maybe you could you could put a, a an audio of Obama in a search bar and it returns to you all the,
0: the videos. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I mean, deep fakes is another one, I think, that's being used quite a bit now, especially in the news. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a scary use case, I would say, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, applicable, right?
1: Totally, totally. Deep fakes have been, yeah, like, they, they, they exist. Thanks or no thanks to deep learning. Uh, it's an interesting field, though, because uh, a few years ago I met a group of researchers. I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't remember where they're from. But uh, they were working on the inverse, you know, so like every time you see these things like hackers, you know, like uh, hackers push the boundary and then you've got like security people that that are also very smart. And so in the deepfake world, you got people like creating deepfake voices and videos. You have a whole other group of people in, in research industry looking at ways to counter that right, or detect it. So they were working on ways to detect whether a voice was a fake voice or not. Mm. Um, and the example they had taken was this uh, company in the UK that, that had been act, you know, through through voice because they they had faked the voice of their CEO and then called the office and, and had the office wire money to a bank account. But it, it was all a fake voice.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, so they worked on, you know, software to detect you know, whether and th- I think their plan was to have some sort of app on the phone that would say, Hey, I think you're talking to, to a robot, right? So it's, it is kind of frightening. But uh, thankfully, a lot of people are working on the other side, too. So I, I, I was trying to reassure you that
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. There's always somebody fighting the other side of like the problem, which is great. Yeah, so we definitely yeah. need the balance, right?
1: exactly pushes the boundary and you know it's yeah it's interesting
0: um next question i have miguel is about kind of the work you're doing at rev.com um so if, if i understand correctly like you guys are using speech recognition for your own internal use um people doing human editing of like the transcripts but also external customers like me using it to do the transcriptions of like these type of podcasts um based on like all these like um, decision making or like these review of like how the data is being used, how do you look at it from like a product roadmap perspective in terms of prioritizing the right kind of features that need to be like looked at? So like you talked about like V2 for the, of the products, which is gonna have a 25% improvement. Um, what are some of these like other things that you look at to determine what things to build next?
1: Yeah, um, in the very narrow sense, you know, I think for my R&D team, the North Star is always accuracy, you know, and I always say, like, yeah, you know, it's nice to work on other things, but truthfully, people care about the product being as accurate as possible. And so we always we're always working on accuracy so that that's kind of always on the roadmap. Um but uh you know now that we we have the luxury of having real customers and so we have real feedback, and you know some people are are asking for different things uh, definitely the the multilingual at least like the um, other languages is is becoming you know something that we we focus on, so uh the roadmap is built from from talking to customers, uh, internal and external, because we our, our team serves also internal customers, uh, you know, at Rev. Um, and, how does and that some, work? Sorry, Sorry yeah.
0: Know, yeah, How does how does how do you use Rev for your internal customers, and who are they?
1: Uh, so uh, what I mean there is that the speech recognition team um, is. You know, the product that we deliver, which is the, the speech recognition models and, and engine uh, is used internally at Rev. So because, mm-hmm. uh, Re, you know, Rev has a marketplace where that that employs, you know, real people like uh, Revers, we we call them. And uh, in, in fact, it's our mission to create work at home jobs for people, you know, so. Um, it's, it's definitely crucial for us to to maintain that uh, but one way to make them more productive is to use ASR first you know so that people don't start with a blank page you know so when they start transcribing a, a, a video like the one maybe we're gonna transcribe today uh, they, they won't start with a blank page they'll start with uh, with the first draft we call it. Um, and so that, you know, so in that sense, rev.com is, is a customer to, to my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and then a lot of feature requests come from there or bug, you know, bug requests, uh, you yeah. um, yeah, so yeah, we build a roadmap l- like that, but we, you know, we're, for me, we're an R and D team. So we try to remain flexible, you know, so we, we, um. We certainly have what we call moonshots, you know, or some people, I think they call them third horizon projects uh, that that are more long term kind of, you know, visionary things like the multilingual maybe is one of them. Um, And then we also just work on like things on a quarterly basis. And um, yeah, so right now, for example, we're doing French and Spanish, like we're doing a big push on French and Spanish ASR uh, to to improve the accuracy um yeah
0: so so how does that work so when you want to go into the multilingual space then you have to find revers right Mm -hmm. uh who would be speaking you know mother tongue i guess like spanish and french and then they're just going to be um doing the transcriptions or reviewing the asr transcriptions um and then giving that feedback or the improvement points or whatever back to the system is that right?
1: Yeah. So uh, I mean, in 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 um, any AI company, actually, has like kind of um, three choices, I guess, when they uh, when they want to build its uh, its product. You either you buy the data, you know. So there are providers out there that that will sell you ASR training data. It's quite expensive, you know, and and there are better providers and and not so good, I guess. But so you can buy the data. Uh, Some companies, what they do is they'll offer a free product. Um, You know, like Google is very classic example where, you know, they'll put a product in beta. uh, But truthfully, what they're doing is collecting data in the back end. Right. And then at Rev, we have this setup where our product is is the byproduct of our product is data collection, right? So as you said, um, one of the ways we can collect data for Spanish, let's say, is we, we, we start a marketplace for Spanish transcription with, with Revers. Uh, so we're we're doing a bit of an hybrid for, for our team right now where we, we're buying some data, we're collecting, we're collecting some data with, with Revers also
0: interesting what does that buying of data look like? like what are you buying specifically just a whole bunch of conversations
1: <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a strange uh, yeah it's true it's a bit of a strange thing for for people who don't do that that work every day um so it depends some companies are um you know they specialize in in creating data for you so if you're if you say um you know uh you you're working on a project where you want to do speech recognition in a car. You know, you, you'll go to these companies. One big one is Appen, the, another one is Define.ai. Um, and they will literally hire people to drive around in a car and record themselves talking, and then they will transcribe it. And so they will give you this audio with the transcription so that you can take the audio and, and transcript mm-hmm. and build an AI product. Um, so there, there are these, but there's also just other c- companies that, um, you, you can send your data, your own audio from your mm-hmm. app and get it transcribed, right? Like rev basically. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, so there's a few different things out there and it, it, it's a whole big industry now, uh, AI data. Uh, there's a lot of transcription com, uh, it's not even transcription it's a data company, I, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I see, I see a great use case. I think it's already out there in the market, but um, call centers to be able to um, do speech recognition or text, re- you know, text recognition on um, conversations that are happening in the sales front, like uh, you know, tone and um, uh, verbiage used, like uh, so that we can you know improve the call call qualities and that's all basically transcri- transcribing it understanding the words that were used in the call and seeing if it's like the right word that should be used if it's yeah. negative or positive right so
1: oh yeah. yeah that that's a huge market that a lot of people are playing in we we have a few customers that that use our solution for that um and there are companies that are highly focused on call centers that that also do <laughs> Uh, bless you that also you. do uh insights you know and like uh you know on top of everything you you can analyze how angry someone might be or
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know like the intent of the call and then some companies have really sophisticated ui that uh shows you know the agent maybe like suggests what to do next right during the call so that
0: that's um, pretty cool do you know the name of that company
1: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, the friend of mine is, uh, is the research manager there, uh, the company is called ASAP, uh, A S ASAP. A P P. And they do, uh, so they, they're, they're, they're doing a pretty cool product there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting, um, live use cases like that for sure. No, yeah, it's and,
0: very, it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, emotion detection is is uh, is a really big topic right now in in AI and speaking of deep learning and, and use cases like trying to use uh trying to detect someone's emotion using their speech. Uh some people use language like using the text, but you can also use obviously like um you know the audio and the speech because there's there's a lot of information there that that doesn't go into the text, right?
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, you could get, you get a very different type of uh, understanding of a tone if it's just like through the voice or through the text, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and as we want to make, as we try to make things more accessible through you know, for, uh, if you think about accessibility for, for people who can't hear what a great feature, you know, if you can also convey, you, you know, yeah. like the emotion of, of the speaker, uh, because if you're just reading in caption, you you don't know, right?
0: No, for sure. Mm-hmm. Which is a, my last question I have, which is a great one, is um, what's like the most exciting thing you see that you're interested in, um, in the future to come out in tech? It could be anything. It could be something, you know, you're doing a rev. It could be, I don't know, titanium iPhone 15. I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, good question. Yeah, um, I, I have I feel obliged to talk a bit about speech, but uh, I'll, I'll give you two answers. I uh, first speech wise, I think the whole multilingual approach and the whole um, one model or one one ASR, ASR API or system for everything, as I find that really fascinating. And, you know, we were talking about G- G- GTP3, GPT3 earlier, um, you know, that whole kind of like approach, but for, for language, for ASR, uh, I think that would be, if that happens, that would be really cool. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about contributing there to that, to, to the field and, and hopefully rev be you know, the first place where you see this product live. Um, so that would be cool. Um, the whole other side of me is almost in contradiction and in a weird way to deep learning, because I'm also really excited about clean tech and, you know, like technology that, that works, you know, to help global warming and stuff like that. So, um, there is a company here in Squamish, actually, that that studies how to um, take carbon dioxide from the air, you know, and like recycle it. Uh, so mm. um, I think like some sort of technology like that is also super exciting. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, I'm Great examples. Yeah, I think uh, I used to be more of a product guy. I guess I'm working too much. So I don't have
0: time to like, <laughs>
1: play with with gadgets anymore. But no, no, uh, yeah, those those two things are, are probably like the most exciting things for me right now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, great. Uh, Miguel, it was a real pleasure and privilege having you on our show. And thank you for sharing your experience and your thoughts. Um, and to all of our listeners, thank you as always for tuning in, listening supporting us and following us so we'll be back with another episode soon Um, Miguel thank you so much